Welcome to Building Your Best Career, a podcast for professionals looking to find their voice, define their brand, and maximize their impact. Episodes are a collection of lessons from real life, interviews with people doing incredible things, tips and tools to get you on your way to realizing your infinite career possibilities. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Building Your Best Career. So this week, I wanted to have a little fun uh, with the title, The Power and Responsibility. It's kind of a play on words for a quote from the movie Spider-Man when he gets lots of powers and his uncle reminds him that with great power comes responsibility. And I think that this is a really fun play on words, but it is something that we need to be very aware of as we work our way up the ladder. I'm sure we've all had that power-hungry, crazed supervisor at some point, maybe even in our high school job where they just get promoted and think that they are the end-all, be-all and the boss of you and going to tell you what to do and you have to do what I say because I'm the boss. We all experience some level of that at some point in our career. Perhaps it is severe enough that you have to leave the job. Perhaps it's just something that's annoying. Perhaps it's something that is born out of immaturity because it's an early job, something along those lines. But I think that we've all experienced some level of leadership where the person just doesn't understand that being the boss or being the leader, being in charge, is a lot more than just being able to say, I'm the boss. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today because I think that as we're, we're approaching the end of the year here, folks are getting promotions, we're moving up the ladder, we're getting more responsibility, but it does come with power, which is great, but it also does come with the need for us to put it all in perspective with what exactly the ancillary roles are that we have on top of just the added tasks and responsibilities that we have to our job. If you're new and leading others or perhaps you've been doing it for quite some time and you're an executive and now you've got teams of teams of teams, it's important to remember that all of those teams, all of those groups, all of those people reporting to you or that you oversee are people. And they have lives, they have feelings, they have emotions, they have futures that they're very invested in thinking about. And I wanted to focus in on three things to keep in mind. The first is, again, thinking about the fact that these people are looking up to you from all different levels, whatever level you're at. You may just be a frontline manager, your very first supervisory position, and you have direct leadership. Maybe you work an hourly job at retail or a restaurant or something like that, and you've just gotten promoted, and now you're responsible for making the schedule or telling people when they can punch out early, things like that. Perhaps you're at an executive level where you have teams of people that report into you and let you know how things are going and keep you abreast of what's going on. It's important to remember that you got to your position because you do have a lot of experience, at least in theory. You've demonstrated yourself as a leader. You've demonstrated yourself as someone who is capable 
of leading others, capable of being responsible for the well-being of others. So it's always a good idea to try to keep continuing with those types of behaviors. Perhaps you mentor your junior staff. Perhaps you have a, a, a monthly lunch where you're able to talk to some of the, the junior folks and answer their questions on how you worked your way up the ladder. Answer their questions on how they could model themselves to someday get to the, the level that you're at. Perhaps get input from them on what's working and what's not working. I think that it ties in directly with my second concept, which is keeping your ear to the ground, keeping up with what's going on below you. As leaders, we're very successful because of the people that we lead, and continued success is really important when the people below us continue to be successful at what it is that they're doing. So understanding what's going on and kind of having your hand on the pulse to know when there's issues, when there's challenges, when there's problems that might be about to arise so that you can mitigate them before they happen really can make you stand out as a leader, make you even more productive and successful as well as your teams. So finding ways to stay connected with those that are below you, even if they're several layers down, is really a very effective way to make sure that everybody can be successful. Now, I understand that the further up we get, the less and less time we have. And you really need to be strategic in how you find ways to stay engaged with those folks. Now that we are working remotely in many situations, I'm not sure if this really means that we have more time or less time. I do feel that we're having so many more meetings and meetings to talk about our meetings and more meetings to discuss the future of our meetings and how we're conducting our meetings and the productivity of our meetings, right? It does feel like we're constantly in a meeting online. But I would encourage you to find ways to still stay engaged with those further below you. Maybe you do some kind of a town hall. Maybe you do some kind of a, a monthly luncheon or a monthly happy hour or a monthly breakfast, a monthly coffee hour, something along those lines. There's a whole variety of different ways that you can solicit feedback from the folks below you. You can do it in a phased approach. Perhaps you have the people directly below you reach out below them and further down the ladder and then it all feeds up. You could have some kind of a, a newsletter or some kind of a email questionnaire that goes out. Something where you solicit feedback from the folks below you. Maybe they answer a questionnaire once a month. Maybe you have a one question a month that you ask. Maybe you have a series of questions. Maybe you have an open call for ideas for discussion on your call. Maybe you're talking about things like professional development and you solicit their ideas for areas they want to be afforded more opportunities for growth. Maybe you have some kind of a, a conversational corner where you talk about best practices. Maybe you talk about something 
such as an experience that you've had through the course of your career. Maybe you have a, a guest person every time you meet with folks and they get to talk about uh, pro or con of their career path, whatnot, something along those lines. The idea, again, is to try to keep your staff, your teams, your, your subordinates engaged in the conversation. And you can do this by asking questions. You can do this by having a hot seat. Maybe you get to be the person that they're interviewing or asking questions. Maybe you interview different people for their experiences. There's a variety of different ways. But again, through doing this, you are going to learn about things that are going on. You're going to hear about complaints and concerns and frustrations. You're going to hear about wins and things that are going right, things that people are happy about. And the more you do this and the more, I think, the more open-ended you ask some of the questions, the more details you can get. The one thing that I would suggest to be mindful of is making sure that there's no retribution for anything that comes in. So you certainly don't want to have conversations with your groups where you are picking at the feedback that you get or picking at the questions that you get because you don't want to shut them down because they're afraid that they'll be embarrassed. Now, the questions and comments may be completely anonymous, but people have a way of feeling like everybody knows what's going on, even if they don't. I know that for years working in government, there's a survey that comes out every year, and it's supposed to be anonymous, right? They're, they're gathering information about how things are going, but they're also able to break it down based on your organization, based on the division that you're in, the program that you're working on, the office that you're sitting in. So is it really anonymous? Because they're able to gather all of that information for their statistics, which then in turn goes out. So really, it never felt very anonymous to me because there's only one program office that would have that name. And if you're talking about your boss in that office, they know who they are. So it's going to be one of the 10 people, 50 people, 100 people in the group. And if you're really dialed into your employees, you know who's who. You know their voice. You know the way they talk, the way they think. You know their thoughts and their track record. So I say all that to remind you that people are naturally suspicious, I think. And even though it might be anonymous, you want to make sure that you're very careful about calling anybody out or providing anything that might discourage people from giving you true and honest feedback because whether it hurts or not, whether it stings, whether it's not something you want to hear or not something you want to agree with, you want to hear it. You want to collect that information because at some point you might want to incorporate that into improvements that you make. You might want to incorporate that into a new training program that you roll out, a new leadership program, something along those lines, because feedback is still good to have, even if it is negative feedback. The third piece is setting an example. And gathering feedback from others, I think, is very, very important. 
mentoring your staff, mentoring your team so that they can continue to grow and develop and work their way up is very important. But setting an example, I think, is kind of the bedrock for making sure that not only you are successful, but those below you, those beneath you are successful as well. And it's hard sometimes to remember that we are often in a fishbowl. People are looking to you. People are watching you. People are observing your behavior. They're watching how you treat people. They're watching how you speak to people. They're watching how you show up to meetings. They're watching to see if you're on time, if you are looking professional on your Zoom call, if you're looking casual, if you are making faces when you're on these video calls or in a meeting, whatever it may be. People are watching. And it's very easy to become complacent about our behavior and what that says to others. It's also very easy to become obsessed with worrying about everything that we do to make sure that we're doing the right thing. So it's a tricky balance in finding that middle ground there of making sure that you are in fact setting a good example, but you're not letting it affect your actions. We hear so much about inclusivity now and making sure that we are not treating people in a manner that is unkind or unfair. And I think that it's important as leaders for us to remember that people are watching and you have great power with the fact that they're watching you set an example. So if you are being on point with your behaviors and your actions and you're being consistent and clear and compassionate with how you are interacting with others, that sets the tone. That sets the tone for the room. That sets the tone for the, the call. It sets the tone for your teams. It sets the tone across the board. One thing I would caution you about is making sure that you're consistent with your messaging. I've talked about this on the show before, and I'll give you an example. If you are telling your employees that they need to be taking half a day on Friday, I know a lot of organizations have extend, extended their uh, early out on Friday for the remainder of this year, some through the spring of next year, which I think is fantastic. It's an opportunity for work-life balance with so many people working from home. But it's also a really great example of leaders trying to set a good example for their employees that they should be focusing on something other than work, work, work. But when leaders have meetings at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday or stay late on send emails over the weekend or late at night on Friday or late at night during the week. When you are sending out messages or you are having meetings or having calls or setting deadlines for your, your staff, this is in conflict with the message that you're sending. So set an example. If you're telling them they get to dress down on Fridays, you should be dressing down. You should be setting the standard for what it is you'd like to see because people are going to model that behavior if they're showing up to meetings at three o'clock on Friday dressed up in suits still 
because you're dressed up in a suit, you have to know that you have now set that bar. So it's conflicting with the message that you're sending. If you want them to be casual on Friday and be out by noon, stop your meeting at 11.55 and say, all right, it's time for us to, to get started on our weekend. I have plans with my family, blah, 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 and go and do your thing. If you're talking about casual Fridays, show up in your golf shirt instead of your shirt and tie. Show up in your, your sports jersey or, or whatever it is that you're encouraging your employees to do. It's important for us to lead by example. I often draw the, the parallels of parenting similar to leading teams because I think there are so many crossovers here. As parents, we're leaders. We are setting examples. We are demonstrating good behavior because actions speak louder than words. We can talk to our kids all day long about what we want them to do, but we can ruin that in a minute by demonstrating the opposite of what we've been telling them all day long because they're going to follow what we did, not what we said. And leading teams and grown-ups and employees, it's all the same thing. You can tell them all week long, early out Friday, early out Friday, early out Friday, and then send an email on Friday at 3 o'clock and have them launch into a tizzy for the next few weeks wondering if they need to work past noon because you've been sending out emails in the afternoon so clearly you're not observing what you're telling them to do. So be mindful about your actions. Be mindful about how you speak to people, how you behave in front of them, how you set the example and set the tone for your staff. If you are supportive and encouraging but consistent, your people below you will be the same and therefore they will push that all the way down to the lowest levels. And then when you're having your monthly call or monthly meeting or your, your coffee chats or whatever it is that you do so that you can get feedback from the folks at the bottom of the chain or just below you or wherever they fall, you should be hearing that kind of feedback that, you know, it's really great that we get early out on Friday still. I really appreciate that I have that extra time with my family. If you're not observing that, you may hear something along the lines of, it's been really great that we've been offered that, but I really feel a lot of stress because I've noticed that my boss sends out emails on Friday afternoons and every once in a while we'll have some meetings that are 3 or 4 o'clock on a Friday. I'm not sure, am I expected to attend? Is this okay to skip? Because it, it just causes confusion. And the less confusion, the better, because then people can focus on doing their work, doing good work, doing what you need them to do, focusing on the mission and not on trying to read between the lines. All right, keep up the good work. I'm sure you're all setting a great example. Stay safe, stay healthy, and I hope you have a great week. All right, so thanks for listening to Building Your Best Career. I hope you enjoyed it. Head on over to buildingyourbestcareer.com and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Feel free to drop me a note with any topics you'd like to hear about or if you'd like to be a guest on an episode. And please go ahead and recommend me to your friends. Until next time, always remember to stand up and be confident. Stand by all that you do and say with integrity 
and stand out because after all, there's only one you.